the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Well, we are continuing our journey through the book of 1 John. Uh, we want you to turn there, 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. 1 John, at the very end of the Bible. You get there faster if you just go toward the end of the Bible, go to Revelation and then move back from Revelation. You get there real fast that way. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Uh, the word of God reads, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach this evening, the test of true fellowship. The test of true fellowship. In chapter 1, the author, who is the beloved apostle John, does not give his name. He does not give his title. There is no greeting nor salutation, which you will find in many of the other New Testament epistles. What John has to say is so important that he gets right to the point with his audience. If we look at First uh, John uh, chapter 1, verse 4, uh, we have there the, the source of the believer's joy. So this section, this whole section I'm about to go into is the source of the believer's joy. First John chapter one, verse four says, and these things we write so that our joy may be complete or your translation might say that your joy may be full of uh, the gospel when believed and received produces eternal life and joy. The gospel, when believed and received, produces eternal life and joy. Joy is not something we can produce for ourselves. It comes only through fellowship with Christ. Now, what is joy? Joy is an inner divine gladness 
and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and not dependent upon things or circumstances. You say, please say that again, and I will. Joy is, is an inner divine gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and not dependent upon things or circumstances. Psalm 68.3 also says, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. If any people on earth ought to be glad, it's the people of God. Believers, saints, Christians, we ought to exude with, with profound joy. Uh, one who has been genuinely born again and is full of the word of God and the spirit of God will possess inexpressible joy that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. Let me say that again. One who has been genuinely born again, you know that you know that you know you're saved and you're full of the word of God and, and you're full of the spirit of God. You will possess an inexpressible, indescribable joy that the world cannot give and that the world cannot take away. If the world can take your joy, then you didn't have it in the first place. I'm speaking of God-given joy. Joy that comes from God, the joy of the Lord. You know, the believer's joy. And what we, what we need today is people who are full of joy. The church ought to be the most joyous group of people on planet Earth. We ought to have so much joy that people say, you know what? I'm all depressed out here and I'm all mad. I think I need to go get some of what they have. Man, man, when I come out there all laughing and talking and rejoicing and high-fiving and excited, what's going on in there? It's because they're full of the word. It's because they're full of the Holy Spirit. And because Christ is the center of their joy, the source of the believer's joy. Let, let me, let me uh, share some insights so that you can know when you really have that uh, that real joy that comes from the Lord. Uh, how do you know when you have joy? Number one, the word of God brings joy. The word of God brings joy. First John chapter one, verse four is right here. It says, and these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. And then the gospel of John, we go from first John to the gospel of John. Uh, chapter 15, verse 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. God don't want you to have just a little joy. He wants you to be full of joy. Full of joy. I pose a question to you. Where is your joy? Where is your joy? Uh, and, and when you have the joy of the Lord, your circumstances won't take the joy and people won't steal your joy because you have a joy that comes from within, from your relationship with God. Many people do not have joy because they are looking for it in the wrong places. That's why they don't have it. They're looking for joy in, the ha uh, uh, in such places like a happy hour. 
If you're only happy for an hour, you can keep that. One hour happiness? Uh, they, they think they can find joy in the clubs. And you got some old folk down there just trying to, I don't know what they call themselves doing. You know, they, you, some people think that they go from party to party looking for joy, entertaining themselves to death. Four and five movies, they go to this, entertainment says all kinds of stuff. Surround sounds, big sounds, all kinds of stuff. You got Alexa talking to you. It, it, she, she can't give you joy. You know, some of you are in all these organizations. I'm not saying organizations are wrong or bad, but listen, social organizations cannot give you joy. By the way, social media cannot give you joy. Sometimes you can get most more depressed. <laughs> from social media. Uh, you might get more joy if you just, I know you will get more joy if you just cut social media off or have some, time, some good times of respite from it. Someone said, if I can just take a vacation to where? What, where would you like to go? Maybe you want to go uh, to the Pacific Ocean. Maybe you want to go to the Indian Ocean. Maybe you want to take a cruise. You know, you can go... Uh, maybe you want to go and just tour one of your favorite cities or go to New York. My wife and I, we were talking about that the other day. We, we were at, I went to see my parents because they're up in age and they're ailing. And so we were just lying there and we just, it was about two o'clock in the morning and the couple, whoever they were, I don't know if they were married, live-ins or what, but they were sure having fun. They were just laughing and joking and jiving. I said, I'd rather have them laughing and fighting, laughing and fighting. But sometimes you can get in those hotels on vacation and have the worst fight on this side of the Mississippi River. Some people have their fights right on the cruise ship. That's why they got policemen on there. Some folk go to jail on the cruise ship. Some are thrown overboard. Some get so depressed and wiped out for what they've been called, they just jump overboard. You ought to be having fun, enjoying yourself. Get away. And all of a sudden, even on vacation, there is no joy. Some folk look for joy in relationships. You know, you just, that, that certain man or that certain woman, uh, your husband can't give you joy. Your wife can't give you joy. Your children can't give you joy. Only God gives you joy, folk. Only God. Uh, uh, if you look for joy in the wrong places, you'll be left with blasted hopes and shattered dreams. Beloved, the joy of the Lord comes from reading the word of God. The joy of the Lord comes from meditating on the word of God. The joy comes from applying the word of God to your own life. Listen, a life that is without the word of God is also without the joy of the Lord. Let me say that again. A life that is without the word of God is also without the joy of the Lord. You can have circumstances that are really tough. There can be sickness. There can be disease. There can be accidents. There could be some things that intrude your life that you have absolutely no control over. And people see your, your spiritual posture when they see your, your spiritual strength and your spiritual stamina. And uh, all of a sudden they are encouraged by watching how you handle your trial and how you handle your crises. Joy comes from the Lord. So the word of God brings joy. Secondly, uh, the fellowship of the father and his son brings joy. The fellowship of the father and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, brings joy. Uh, 1 John 1, 3 says, 
that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You see that there? When our lives are saturated with the word of God, when the word of God is soaked into our lives, that the word of God maximizes our life for Christ. It enriches our life. It enriches our fellowship with the Father and with his beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You lessen the joy in your life when there is a diminishing or departure from the word of God. You lessen the joy in your life when there is a diminishing or departure from the word of God, which hinders your fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. If you don't have fellowship with the Son, you don't have fellowship with the Father. Okay? As a matter of fact, you, you can't get to the Father but by the Son. Okay, so the fellowship of the Father and his Son brings joy. Thirdly, victory over sin, death, and hell brings joy. Victory brings joy. Victory over sin, victory over death, and hell brings joy. That's found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith in whom? The Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith in him. And who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We are the overcomers. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will not have joy and you will not overcome. Be it known to you today, beloved, anyone who disobeys the word of God, shuns the word of God, suppresses the word of God, is destined for defeat, disaster, and destruction. Whereas trusting Christ and obeying his word give believers victory over temptation. When you obey the word of God, you will have victory over sin. You'll gain victory over Satan. The word of God is that powerful. This is a powerful book. It is the book of life. You can, there's nothing you can't conquer if you read, meditate, apply, and treasure the word of God. Victory over temptation. Tempta you're not too old to be tempted. You're not too young to be tempted. Uh, Jesus wants you strong. He wants you able to overcome and not succumb to everything that Satan throws your way. You, you understand? Uh, so when you obey the word of God, apply the word of God, live the word of God, you'll have victory over temptation, victory over sin, victory over Satan, and victory over death and hell. God wants us to be victorious Christians to the glory of Almighty God. It is impossible to gain victory over the world. It is impossible to gain victory over your flesh and Satan apart from faith in Christ, along with being totally committed to him. Now, there, there are a lot of saints who say, well, I have faith in Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried according to the scriptures, and that he rose early third day. 
I believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe in the sufficiency of Christ. I believe in the atoning work of Christ. I believe in the resurrection of Christ. I believe in the incarnation of Christ. I believe in the the Trinity, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in the Bible. But you know what? That is so great that you believe that. But are you committed to what you believe? To the point that you implement it. It's one thing to believe the truth, but it's another thing to be committed to the truth that you actually carry it out. Carry it out to the glory of God. God wants us to believe, receive, and be totally committed to Christ, which enables the believer to live a victorious Christian life. Beloved, this is how you overcome the world. God don't want you barely making it. God doesn't want you spiritually sluggish. God doesn't want you dry. God wants you alive. God wants you fresh. God wants you on fire. God wants you to have zeal for him. God wants you eager and enthusiastic about the the kingdom of God. How do you know when you have joy? Uh, Number four, repentance brings joy. Repentance brings joy. Luke 15, uh, chapter 15, verses 7 and verse 10, it says, I tell you that in the same way, There will be more joy, look, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Oh, wait a minute. More joy in heaven because you watch a lot of movies? More joy in heaven because you have four dogs? More more joy in heaven because you got a new car? More joy in heaven because you, you got a raise? Those things are nice. But heaven doesn't rejoice over that. Heaven doesn't rejoice over that. Uh, I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. Not five, one. One sinner who repents. And we don't even hear the word repent today. Repent, change change of mind, change of heart from sin and selfishness. To, to the Lord Jesus Christ, turning to Christ alone to redeem you out of your lifestyle and wretched ways. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And there's some people think they're so right that they don't need God. That's right. They got knowledge. They got money. They don't, they give you their goody two shoe list. It's self-righteousness. I don't steal. I don't kill. Uh, I don't gossip. I don't slander. They give you all the stuff. I don't drink. I don't smoke. But listen, you cannot do none of those things and still bust hell wide open. That's right. You got some good, uh, moral unbelievers that don't do any of those things either. I don't want y'all to say amen. You got some good moral people that don't do I mean, they could be your best neighbors. They'll come over and help you. They may even come over and cut your grass. Well, a Christian won't, won't even do that. <laughs> and, and they go to hell because they don't know Jesus, and you go to heaven because you, you, you love Jesus and you've embraced him in your heart. 
But, but, but that self-righteousness cannot get you in the kingdom of God. It is trusting Christ by grace through faith. It is believing him as the only way into the kingdom of God. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. So when five get saved, I wonder what's going on in heaven. It must be an uproar. Who repents than over the 99 righteous person who needs no repentance. Verse 10, in the same way I tell you, there is joy. Look, there's a reemphasizing of this. In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Over one sinner. There's no such thing as a redeemed angel. But, 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 but we, we're, the, we're, the, we're the redeemed, those who've trusted Christ. We were the sinners who God saved by grace. God didn't come to die for angels. He came to die for, for the Adamic race. You know, we've sinned through Adam. In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents when you all get excited, excited over sacred things? The reason so many in the church are in spiritual regression, so many Christians are declining, so many who say they're Christians are being deceived, so many say they're Christians are being confused and misdirected, is because of a lack of repentance and transformation in the lives of those who say they're Christians. Just because people say they're Christian does not necessarily mean they're Christian. Now, it could be, they could be saved, but they may not be. Some folk have a sad faith. They just say they're saved. But, but they don't have the reality of, of faith, the, the, the substance of faith, the genuineness of faith. Not only does repentance bring salvation, but repentance also brings freedom in Christ. Until you repent, you can't be free. Free of whatever, uh, whatever has you in bondage, have you weighed down. Not only does repentance bring salvation, it also brings freedom in Christ. It also brings joy that only Christ can give. Now listen closely. I hope you're listening. A sure sign of salvation is that you are excited about that which is sacred and spiritual. A sure sign that you are born again. You say, how do I know I've been born again? How, how can I test myself, Pastor Draper? You are excited about sacred things, kingdom things, spiritual things, such as salvation. People get saved. You don't just sit there. You, you ought to be saying amen. You ought to be saying, when somebody come walk that out, even they ought to, if they kneel at the altar, you ought to say, thank God. Matter of fact, maybe you need to go kneel. Uh, uh, you, you, you ought to be excited about Sinners getting saved. You ought to be excited about baptism. So excited that you can't wait to come on first Sunday evenings because you, you love to see people being identified with the body of Christ and being identified with our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. You ought to be excited about taking the Lord's supper on first Sunday night and not conveniently skipping because you just don't feel like coming. You go everywhere else you want to go in the evening. You go to movies in the evening. You go to weddings in the evening. You go to games in the evening. You go shopping in the evening. You go, you go taking a walk in the evening. You jog in the evening. But you can't come to church in the evening. What in the, 
Where has evening worship gone? Where, where has it gone? God doesn't go to sleep. He's on the throne. Taking the Lord's Supper. You ought to be excited about that. You ought to be excited about worshiping God. That's a sacred thing. Witnessing for Christ. We were knocking on doors last Saturday uh, with brothers that was given leadership and others who had come. But it wasn't a big crowd. It might have been uh, 10 or 15, somewhere along in there, I'm just guessing. But this church has over a thousand members. Where were you? Did you hear the announcement? Or you conveniently had selective hearing. Look, you don't say amen. That's okay. Uh, but, but you know, you ought to be excited about witnessing. You know, we're talking about how bad things are. The opium crisis, the drug crisis, the abortion crisis, the, the crisis with, about the wall, and the crisis about this, and the crisis about... If it's that bad, then why are you not witnessing? Why are you not part of the solution with telling folk about Jesus? He's our only hope. Stop looking at how bad the times are and how exciting the, exciting the times are because we, we are ever so close to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do y'all believe we're close? If, if, if we knew without a doubt that God would come Sunday morning, how many of you would be at church Sunday morning? Well, let me go even further. Sunday night at 6 o'clock. How many of y'all be there? I, I, man, we'd, we'd, have to, we'd have to pack them in, extra chairs, whatever. Jesus coming. I'm, listen, leave that, girl, cut that television off. You don't need to look at a movie now. You're going to miss Jesus. I wonder where will you be when Jesus comes? Where will you be when you die? As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.